Well, amen. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I'm not Pastor Dustin. Um, we're grateful for our pastor and his family, and they are taking some time away, and we'll remember them in our prayers. But aren't you thankful for our pastor? I tell you, I've, I've been in church a long time, and the man has a pastor's heart. He just, he loves people. He loves the church. And you can see it in everything he does. And we're so grateful for Pastor and Brooke and the kids. And um, we pray that they have a wonderful time on vacation and that God would bless them. But I'm excited and honored to be asked this morning to bring the message this morning. So I'd like to speak to you under the title, Let It Go. Let it go. Uh, when you consider what's going on around us and you consider all that we're dealing with and, you know, we talked a while ago about COVID and now there's so much more that is happening. But it's imperative that we understand and that we believe that God wants the best for us. And I pray that you walk in this morning knowing that God wants the best for us. Uh, Jesus said himself, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But as we struggle, I want to share with you the story of a man named Bartimaeus. So if you would be so kind as to turn in your Bibles or read on the screen from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, beginning in verse 46. And in honor of God's word, I would like you to stand as we read from his word. I read from the New King James Version, so your words may sound something similar to this. Now, they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Father, we ask you this morning, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us in a mighty way. Father, we ask you this morning that every ear would be a listening ear, that every heart would be a receptive heart, that every mind would be an open mind. 
to hear what you have for us this morning. I pray that you hide me behind your spirit, that your words can be both spoken and heard. Father, we lift up our pastor to you this morning and his family, and we pray that you would give them the well-deserved vacation, that you would give them a time to rest and relax and be with his family so he can be energized and return to this pulpit and continue to lead this church in the direction that you have for us. We as a congregation are so grateful for our pastor, and we pray that you would continue to bless him and Brooke and the kids this morning, that you would be with them, that you would give them the desires of their heart. Father, we thank you this morning that you've given us this privilege. And Father, we pray that you would speak to us. If there's a life in this room this morning that needs to have a relationship with Jesus, may, be, may this be their morning. Father, we ask you in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that you would anoint this message. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. And everyone in this room said, amen. You may be seated. I don't want to waste any time this morning. As we begin this message entitled, Let It Go, I want to begin by sharing with you that there was a man that had a desperate need. Verse 46 gives us the clear indication of what was going on. And as they came to Jericho, and he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude followed him. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. If you understand the context of where we are in Scripture and in the chronological timeline of Jesus Christ, he was entering into Jerusalem for the final time. He was facing the cross, and the Bible gives us an indication that a great multitude was with him as the Passover festival that was celebrated every year was fast approaching. So the crowds grew larger and larger as he was walking in the direction of Jerusalem. Now this story is part of the synoptic gospels, which means Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the same story. But many of the commentators and the naysayers and those that believe that this is not truly the word of God will argue about these stories, you see, because Matthew's gospel tells us about two blind men in this story. And I believe there were two blind men, but according to Mark's gospel, only one spoke. So he only focuses on one. In Luke's gospel, you'll see him tell the story that they were entering Jericho. Well, the truth is there were two Jerichos. The old city of Jericho, you remember from the days of Joshua that the city city walls came crumbling down, and then there was a new Jericho. So uh, again, these gospel presentations don't conflict if you really pay attention. But the bottom line is, we look at this man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. Bar means son of. Timaeus means that was his dad's name. And Jericho was about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Now, I, I want to share with you something that's quite important and quite interesting to me. The Bible does not record Jesus ever passing this way before. This is the only time 
that Jesus would pass this very important thoroughfare in the direction of Jerusalem. He would usually go in other directions. But this day, he is passing by Jericho. And this man named Bartimaeus, we don't know much about him. But what we do know is that he was a beggar sitting on the side of the road because he couldn't earn a living for what we believe was his family. And he was sitting on the road trying to make a living, begging for someone to give him something so that he could feed himself and his family. Bartimaeus, a man with a desperate need. What do we see next? An opportunity to meet that need. Verse 47 tells us very easily, it tells us, and when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. So there must have been a, a large um, volume, a large episode, sort of like a parade, and he hears all the, the rumblings of all the people, and he turns to someone, and he says, hey, what's going on? What, what's happening here? And he hears these words. It's Jesus. Jesus is passing by. So I, I just want to stop right here for a second, press pause, and I want to share with you, don't ever let Jesus pass by. Without having some sort of reaction, and I want to share with you, we're going to get to this, and I, I can't wait. I'm excited about what all, all that God does here. But he hears that Jesus is passing by. So he figures, what have I got to lose? This is my shot. This is my opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity for somebody to meet my need. I've heard about this guy named Jesus. I heard that he heals the blind and he opens deaf ears and that he gives sight to those who haven't been able to see. I've heard about this Jesus raising people from the dead. There wasn't a funeral that he didn't disrupt. I've heard about this Jesus. And now, here he is, passing by. And the Bible says, verse 48, verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I, I just, you just need to understand, he didn't just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. He said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He was announcing to those who would hear him that he understood that this wasn't just a normal man, that this just wasn't just a, a good man, that this wasn't just a prophet, that this man was the son of Almighty God and he was the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Prince of God. When he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he was announcing to everybody that he believed everything he heard about this Jesus and that Jesus was the Messiah. And guess what the world does? Shut up. You're too loud. He's not going to respond to you. 
He's not going to pay any attention to you. Just shut up. You know you're doing something right when the world tells you to shut up. You know you're doing something right when the world says, shh, he's not going to listen to you. Church of Christ, we need to stand up and be as loud as we've ever been because the world is falling apart and we have the answer. His name is Jesus, son of David. So the crowd says, hey, shh, 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 shut up. And they warned him to be quiet. But he cried even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, we need to get a little loud. Point number three, I'm moving quick because I want to get to the last one. By the way, this message has four points. I know I'm going to throw you off. It's usually three. I'm going to have four. Four. So don't get confused this morning. I've got four points. <laughs> Number three, he had a determination to have this need met. When he called out to Jesus, verse 49 tells us, So Jesus stood still. And he commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying, hey, be of good cheer. How things change really quickly. These same people that told him to shut up said, oh, oh, sh come on, rise. He is calling you. And then it says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do? I want you to ponder that question this morning because I believe that Jesus is passing by this morning and he has the same question for each and every one of us this morning. What do you want me to do? What can I do for you, Jesus is asking. Bartimaeus had a specific need. And he said to Jesus, Rabboni, which is rabbi exalted, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight, and followed Jesus on the road. What do you want me to do? He had a need. And he knew that being able to see would change his life. And he approaches Jesus and he said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus responds and says, your faith has made you well. So this is where I got stuck. Because where in this story 
did he display his faith? So I, I just wanted to spend some time this morning sharing with you my perspective on where he shared his faith. Some would argue by, by the announcement of saying Jesus Son of David, have mercy on me, was a display of his faith. And I would agree. He showed great faith in calling out to Jesus as son of David. Great faith. But I don't think that did it. He showed great faith when he was told to be quiet. Not knowing who was telling him to be quiet because he couldn't see, he just responded and got even louder and said, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Great faith. But I don't think that did it. When Jesus calls him over and he gets to Jesus and Jesus says, what can I do for you? What, what, what is the need that you have? And by the way, Jesus never asked a question that he didn't know the answer to. What is it that you need? And he says, I need to see. In other words, I know you can do it. I need to see. Great faith. But I don't believe that was it. I want to draw your attention to something that I have read all my life and I never paid attention to. And I'm so thankful we serve a God that gives this to me every day fresh. It's different every time I read it. And when I was thinking about this message, I literally, literally had a life-changing experience when I read this passage of Scripture. I want to share with you my belief of what Cause Jesus to say, your faith has made you well. Point number four, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time, is literally the title of the message, Let It Go. I'm very proud of my daughter who graduated from Boone High School this year. Yeah, you can, you can applaud that. And they wore this orange Now I'm not going to close it because I'd never get it off. <laughs> but I want to paint a picture for you. And I want to take you back to verse 50. And verse 50 says that after they told him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. It says, it doesn't say this in Mark. It doesn't say this in Luke. It just says it right here. And it's simple. You may pay, not pay attention to it. And it says, and throwing aside his garment. Now, one commentator I read said he threw aside his garment because he didn't want to trip. <laughs> I don't agree with that. 
that, that's not the way it works. So I decided to do some research. And I learned some unbelievably interesting items and facts. One is the garment was what identified him. You see, the state, the government, would issue these garments to the beggars so that anybody who would see them could avoid them because they knew by the garment they were wearing, usually a bright color, historians don't tell you. Some say it was black and white. Some say it was a bright color like an orange or a yellow. But people could see it from far away and they would know that's a beggar. I'm going to cross the street. You see, this garment was given to him as his license to beg. Bright colors let everybody know. So when the Bible tells me that he discarded his garment, that he let it go, he was saying, I'm getting rid of the old man and I'm going to be new. That's where the faith was activated. See, for me, when Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, he was saying, I saw you. I saw you. This was who you were. This was what identified you. They would gather up their garments and, and put the money on the ground right next to them in their garments. So when he jumped up, Jesus was calling. He jumped up and let his garment go. Ephesians 4.22 and Colossians 9 says we are to put off the old self. So my question to you this morning is, are you ready for something new? It's time. Jesus is calling. It's time to let go of the old garment and become something new. I'm here to tell you this morning, you will never get your deliverance. You will never get set free until you make up your mind to let all that old stuff go. We're being trapped by the enemy, by the world to hold on to these things because this is our binky. This is our security blanket. This is what holds us back. But Jesus is saying, let it go. Let it go. Make up your mind and stop wallowing in your past. Stop wallowing in those things that held you back. I want to share with you that I believe there's so many of us that are walking in the abundant life are not walking in the abundant life because we never let it go. What are you holding on to? What's got you tied up? What's not letting you walk in the abundancy of what God has for you? It's simply because you don't want to let it go. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about what you're struggling with this morning? Now, listen, this could be a seven-week sermon series, but I'm going to go through these next few things real quickly and just give you some Bible references. They won't be on the board. You just need to pay attention. If this, category, if this 
that I'm mentioning is your category, write it down, write it down, write it down. But what is it that has you bound? What is it that has you stuck in the past? What is it that keeps you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you? Could it be your financial difficulties? Read Psalm 37. Could it be that you're sad this morning? You're in a lot of pain and you don't know what to do and you can't get rid of the sadness and you can't let it go. Read John 14. Maybe you can't find comfort this morning. You can't get comfortable. You don't know what to do. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three to five will help you find comfort. Maybe people have failed you. People have disappointed you. People have hurt you. Read Psalm 27. Maybe there's a lack of confidence in you. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're watching me this morning online and you couldn't come this morning because you're going through some kind of physical difficulty. I want to share with you 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 will help you. Maybe you need courage this morning. Joshua chapter one. Maybe you feel like there's danger circling around you. I'm here to share with you this morning that if you're dealing with a problem of danger, Psalm 91. Maybe you're depressed, Psalm 27. Maybe you feel alone, Psalm 23. Maybe you're disappointed, Psalm 42. Maybe somebody failed you. Psalm 27 again. Maybe you just feel small that God can't bless you. You're holding on to those things. Psalm 19. Maybe you're afraid. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. You're worried. There's a lot to be worried about, but I want to share with you Matthew 8, 19 through 34. Or maybe you have sinned. Psalm 51. Maybe you're struggling with inflation. Mark 10, 17 through 31. Maybe it feels like the world is bigger than the God you serve. Psalm 90. It's summertime and maybe you're planning a trip and you're not sure if you should take it. Psalm 121. Maybe you're losing faith in mankind. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But I think it's time for you and I to learn from Bartimaeus this morning. His faith was rewarded. Do you have that kind of faith? Jesus is passing by this morning. And he's looking you in the eye. And he's saying, what do you want me to do for you? And all he asks... is that you let it go. This is your day.
whatever baggage you came in here with this morning, let it go. Bring it to the feet of Jesus. He wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants you to prosper. He wants to change you. And all you have to do, get this, hold on to this. Please, I beg of you this morning. All you have to do is let it go. This is your chance. Accept what God has for you. Leave behind the old ways and the old style of doing things. So I'm going to ask you right now, what has you all tied up? What has you discouraged? What has you depressed and disappointed? What has you on edge? What has you up at night? What has you frustrated? What has you short-tempered? What has you worried? What has you anxious? What has you fighting with your spouse and your kids? What has you unhappy? Today is your day. It is time for you to understand that Jesus is passing by. And he is calling out to you and to you and to you and to you and everyone in this room and everyone watching me online. What do you need? He wants to bless you. But all you have to do is let it go. There was a man... I might have told this story before, but I, I think it's a perfect time. There was a man who, him and his friend used to go to Wednesday night prayer service every week, every week. He would go to Wednesday night prayer service faithfully. And when it came time to open the floor up for people to pray, this man would get up and, and as loud as he could, and he would begin his prayer saying, Lord, take the cobwebs of sin out of my life. Every week he would pray that prayer and his buddy would roll his eyes because he knew the rest of the week the man lived like a heathen. He lived any way he want, but on Wednesday night he would pray, Lord, take the cobwebs of sin out of my life. Lord, I want to let it go. The problem is too many of us let it go and then pick it back up. So one Wednesday, this guy was frustrated. Wednesday after Wednesday, Lord, take the cobwebs of sin. And his buddy would roll his eyes and get frustrated. So this one Wednesday said, I'm, I'm going to get him. So right when the guy gets up to pray that same prayer, the other guy gets up and says, Lord, kill the spider. <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to let it go. 
I want to turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, as I invite the musicians up. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul tells us how to do this. See, some of you may not know, but, but, but Bob, how do I let it go? I just don't know. I just, I just, I just, I don't know how to do that. And Paul tells us in two passages that will change your life if you struggle with this idea of letting it go. First of all, Romans 12 verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? In other words, Paul says, you got to change your mind. You got to let it go. Let it go. And then Paul says this. Most of you know this passage. Philippians chapter 4 says this Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Then he says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate it. Think on these things for the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. These I need you to do and the God of peace will be with you. Let it go. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This invitation is going to be different because I'm going to ask you right now with no one looking around do you have something to let go of this morning? And if you do I'm going to ask you at the count of three at the count of three I'm going to ask you in faith just to lift up your hand and say, Baba, I need to let this go. I need to let it go. I need to let go and let God. I need to be like Bartimaeus. And Jesus said, Bartimaeus, your faith has made you well. So when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. Two things. One, 
is lift your hand as high as you can so that I could see it. And then in a moment, they're gonna begin to play a song. What's the name of that song? Because there's nothing that our God can't do. There's nothing our God can't do. How appropriate. They're gonna begin to play, there's nothing our God can't do. And I'm gonna invite you to this, that we're gonna pray would become an altar where things are left behind. Because I want to share with you that Jesus is passing by. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. You want to change. You want a breakthrough. You want to walk in the newness of life. This is your moment. So first, when I count to three, I want your hand to go up and say, I've got to let it go. I want to trust God. I want to let it go. And then when the music begins to play shortly thereafter, in a step of faith, Jesus is going to call you forward. And in a step of faith, you're going to come to this platform that we're going to pray becomes an altar and you're going to release it. You're going to release it. You're going to let it go. And your breakthrough will begin. I'm believing for a breakthrough. I'm believing that God will give you what you're looking for. So when I count to three, one, be bold this morning. Two, don't be afraid. It's time to let it go. Three, who would say, I need to let it go. I see your hand all across the room. I see your hand. I see your hand. God's moving in this place this morning. God's saying to you, it's time to set it free. If you haven't raised your hand yet, you still have a chance. You still have an opportunity to say, God, I want to let it go this morning. I want to release it to you. I don't want it to be in the way. I want to walk in the abundance that you have for me. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the enemy had just said, the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy. But I want to share with you this morning, Jesus has life for you. As the music begins to play, I challenge you, all of us, let's stand to our feet. If everybody in the room would stand right now, as the music begins to play, I want you to come forward. Give me a chance to pray with you this morning as we let it go.